to read Back to Reality, the best-selling novel of the bestseller experiment by the two marks, go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash back to reality. And subscribe to this podcast to get loads of extra bonuses. Go to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash subscribe. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the Bestseller Experiment, where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start, finish and publish your book. I'm Mark Stay. And I am Mark DeVoe. And before we jump in, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Pro Writing Aid, the official editing software of the Bestseller Experiment. Pro Writing Aid is a fantastic, fantastic bit of software, which I and my colleague here, Mark, use every single day. It's more than a grammar checker. It's a style editor and a writing mentor all in one package. And what's more, Pro Writing Aid integrates with all our favorite softwares, especially Scrivener, Word, Google Docs, Chrome, Safari, Open Office, Outlook, and more. It's designed for the smarter writer. That's all of you folks. So if you are a listener of this show, which you obviously are, if you're hearing this, you can get a whopping 20% off right now. So pop along to prowritingaid.com forward slash bestseller to get this incredible software. Welcome, Mr. Stay. It's been quite a few weeks, hasn't it? It's been a long, long time. Uh, yeah, it feels like March. We're recording this the last day of March, and it feels like March has gone on for approximately 784 days. Exactly. And we're going to make a promise to everyone right now, right up front, if you're listening to this, and you want to be uplifted and inspired, our job today is to leave you more uplifted than when you start this podcast. We know there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now. And it's kind of interesting, I think, recording this, Mark, isn't it, at this point in history. But we've mm. made a decision, Mark and I have made a decision, that we that's what we always have aimed to be, is we've wanted to be a, um, a beacon of light to writers out there. And we hope to deliver today an episode that will make you feel more uplifted, because I think we all need a bit of that, don't we, Mr. Stay? We do. We've got some listeners' uh, questions, some of which are absolutely ridiculous, some of which are really, really smart. Uh, which sums up our listenership. <laughs> We've got, we're going to be talking about strategies for working from home, strategies for uh, you know making the most of your day, and why writing is so important. And we've also got some amazing uh, social media stuff as well, some amazing news from our listeners too. Yes. So Before we dive in, though, we're going to thank all those incredible people that are supporting this podcast on Patreon because – We've had a lot of people sign up in the last couple of weeks. So, Mr. Stay. Be, be standing, ladies and gentlemen, and salute our friends. Uh, Kat Cook, Alan Hooper, Angelie Swart, Beth Kemp, Donna Tracy, Sheila Crichton, and Gillian Gannon. We salute you all. You are all awesome people, particularly in these crazy days, to step up and support this podcast because – the fact is, the truth is, without support from you amazing people, we simply wouldn't be able to do this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you. Absolute superstars, one and all. And if you would like to join that wonderful list of patrons that support this show, you simply go along to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support. And as we always mention, but if you're new to the podcast, we have to say this, what you get if you sign up to support this podcast are all kinds of incredible goodies. None other than one of the one of the things that's just worth the admission alone is 
joining the BXP team, which is our private Facebook group full of incredible best-selling authors, people who are maybe starting off on their journey, people are halfway through writing their book, every every different stage of the journey, every one of those people supporting each other. And it is the most inspiring group on the internet as voted by the members of the group who are also members of many other Facebook groups and writing groups. They've voted themselves the most incredible inspiring group of people out there. I love it. Well, uh, Gillian on that list, uh, she sent us a message uh, when she joined Patreon. She said, thanks, guys. Getting so much out of the podcast, currently 34,000 words into a manuscript when I've only ever managed to keep rewriting the same 3,000 words in the past. Thanks for (laughs) keeping me motivated, uh, Jill. So thank you, Jill. We're glad we've been of some help and hope you get more out of the podcast. And talking about our amazing inspirational supporters, a week or so ago, I put up a photo because – Julian Barr, who listeners, long-term listeners will know, has appeared in a few deep dives. He's one of our supporters. He's a, an author, extraordinary author. He does these amazing kind of middle grade and YA historical uh, fantasy novels. I got the copy of his new book, Tooth and Blade, and I put a photo, and behind it, I piled up all the books that I've either bought or our BXP team have sent me through the post, and it's a proper leaning tower of right. uh, to, to be read books. And what's come out of that, this is just extraordinary. Robin Sarti, who, again, another long-term uh, patron and, and, and supporter of the podcast, she has started uh, uh, the unofficial bestseller experiment book club on Facebook, <laughs> okay? So she's, she's, it's a book club dedicated to the author's of our patrons. So we've got so many listeners and patrons who have now been published, you know, either directly or indirectly because of the podcast. She's launched a book club. So you can find that on, uh, on Facebook, the unofficial bestseller experiment book club. And it's uh, as uh, Robin's running it. It's nothing to do with me. She's just doing all this and uh, it's going to, they're going to pick a book a month and they're going to talk about it. And it's a great book club that celebrates the achievements of, of our incredible listeners. That's just Fantastic. amazing. Fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. Well done, Robin, for, for, going ahead and making that happen i remember seeing that picture mark because i remember back in the do you remember back in the day mark i actually remember the first time we got sent a book by one of our supporters it was lucky beggar by it Craig was lucky beggar, yeah yes absolutely because yes. i saw it the other day <laughs> on my shelf and i had to pick it up and it always makes me smile when i opened it up and read the acknowledgements it's so kind that people have actually thanked the podcast um yeah. and actually people are now thanking the bxp team in some of their yeah, acknowledgements yeah, for all the support because they are getting huge amounts of support from that team so um you know, we always talk about the importance of community. And right now, more than ever, I think we really, really understand that. The fact that so many people are having to isolate and, and quarantine themselves. We we really appreciate the value of that interaction. And then we have that online. And, and this this group has carried on to support each other through through the, the good times and the hard times as well. So, yeah, if, you, if you're feeling a bit lonely and you want to kind of get inspired to start writing or you've, you want to be inspired by people who have got to where you may be aspiring to be and, you know, become these number one bestsellers. This is the group to get in. It's absolutely brilliant. We had a note from Wendy Tipping in the BXP team. She said, hi, everyone. I've been quiet for the past month or so, busily trying to get everything tied up for my first 
book release, which I've just finished. Super excited. Learned so much about the whole process. I'm sure there's a book in there somewhere. There's also <laughs> been uh, the setup of my website, social media pages, lots of fine tuning. Anyway, now can refocus back on the writing for book two of my sweet romance series. For those interested, we visit my website, which is wendytipping.com. But the book is, it's Love Reignited, which is Love in the Tropics, book one by Wendy Tipping. And you can find it on the Amazon. So Brilliant. huge congratulations to you, Wendy. Well done, Wendy. That's fantastic. And if you have been inspired by this podcast and you've actually finished a book because of it, let us know because we love to hear about the stories. We'd like to see the front cover. If you've got a picture, you can send that. You can you can come to our Facebook page, post it on there. Twitter's a good place as well. So always make sure you celebrate. So thank you for letting us know, Wendy, because it's so easy just to get rocking with getting the book out that you actually don't mark that occasion to say, we did it. I did it. I've worked towards this huge milestone in my life. And it's so important to um, to share that word. And it's also the first kind of part of your publicity, really. I mean, you've got to make the most of it, don't you, Mark, if you, if you can? Yeah, damn right. Get it yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we had a note from Taj Regine, who has been a, a patron about two months. And then uh, a few days ago, he said, well, this is escalating quickly. Since Tuesday, I've had one rejection. So he's sending his new novel out. One rejection. And three full manuscript requests. I've also had a couple of requests for phone calls. I'm pretty nervous about the phone calls. Does anyone here have any advice on what on earth I should say to agents? Well, the rest of the gang just piled on in, giving Taj the most amazing advice. So Taj, best of luck with that. Three manuscript requests. That is just incredible. And I'm not saying there's any connection between Taj joining the BXP group and then suddenly getting manuscript requests. But, you know, you know, you know it's, this is happening a lot. It's happening too much to be coincidence, Mr. It Dave. has to be. I want the scientists to come along and start, like, measuring the <laughs> BXP effect. <laughs> so they're going to call it in the future. Damn right. Um, Andy Chapman sent us uh, – he sent us quite a long thing, so I might have to uh, edit this as I go. But he said, hello, experiments. I have a secret to share with you. Now, you can tell Andy's a writer, starting with that. You're immediately mm. leaning in. You want to Draw know more. Minute. Uh, over the past few weeks, I've been toiling away at creating the first in a series of kids' books that I wrote with my daughter eight years ago when she was six. Now, so they did try and get it published, uh, did get close once, but never got, never got an offer. Uh, so they, they put it away. Um, however, his daughter is 14 now and he really wanted to get it out there. So they've decided to self publish. And after much toil, he's been illustrating it and he's actually got it out. He, he says, I feel like a one man publishing house. I will also be narrating and producing the audiobook. Now, he won't be releasing it until the end of January next year. The next four books in the series will come out every two months, with the final book in the series being a Christmas story that will be out in November. I mean, that's, that's planning ahead. Yeah, that's uh, he's really got, clever. He's got a website to create, a fan club-style mailing list, which I have a free gift. Uh, but he, the proof copies have arrived, and the first book is called Dinosaurs, Jetpacks, and Rock Stars. Now... <laughs> <laughs> They are surely the most essential green ingredients for any entertaining fiction. Dinosaurs, jetpacks, and rock stars. So Andy and to your daughter, huge congratulations on that. I'm really looking forward to seeing that come out in in the not so near future. That's, I mean January's, well, you know, it's uh, but planning ahead. That's really cool. Proper planning. What's so brilliant about that, Andy, is not only the fact that you've dusted off that book that's been sitting there for a few years, but what will be even more brilliant is the story that will follow from it if you have a massive success with this book, because we're looking for people to do this. We're looking, if you've got a book, I know so many people that wrote a book years ago, and for whatever reason, they never got it out. They never actually got it to that point where it was published or it was available on, the, on Amazon, for example. 
And I'm really, really keeping all my fingers crossed. I really hope this is going to be great. But also the very fact that you're, you're throwing yourself into this with the children's book, you're going to learn so much through this process that's going to be so brilliantly useful for your own um, you know, additional published work. I mean, I, as you probably know through the podcast, I've been through the process of self-publishing a children's book and it's a very different experience, but the lessons I learned from a, you know, that were universal, were huge, absolutely huge. So I'm really looking forward to, and it's such a brilliant name as well. It, it can't, it can't, but not succeed. It's fantastic. Exactly. Andy as well, if you're a, a patron as you are, you'll be able to listen to our deep dive with Karen Inglis, uh, who is one that's probably the most successful self-published children's author in the UK. She sold over a hundred thousand copies of her book self-published. And I just had a great deep dive interview with her today. And that'll be going live probably before this episode goes out. So it might already be available. So uh, do check that out because that was an absolute gold mine of, uh, of great, great hints and tips there. So uh, check that out. And on the social media, last but by no means least in the good news department. Now, Lorna Cook, who recently won an RNA award, we did a special episode about that. Before everything went bonkers, she got a picture of herself standing in her local supermarket next to the book charts with her book, her second novel, The Forbidden Promise, in the supermarket's book chart. Now, as someone who's worked for a publisher, I can't tell you how difficult it is to get a book on the super they've because they have there's so much square footage mm. so little square footage yeah. rather for books in supermarkets that they they only pick so she's up there i'm looking at the other authors there's millie johnson there's kathy bramley there's philippa gregory ian McEwan, david baldacci linwood barkley and lorna now that that is the big time so lorna who you know she was number one uh, Kindle bestseller all through last summer with her first book, The Forbidden, uh, The Forgotten Promise, uh, and and now she's in the supermarkets. Now, of course, the f- weirdly, the footfall in supermarkets has gone right up, so they're probably going to be our, our leading high street booksellers now. So, fingers yeah. crossed that really pays off for you, Lorna. Um, and it's uh, it's just great. There's a there's a photo she put up and just got this beaming face holding holding her book there, and it's just uh, James Patterson's there as well. Yeah, it's just. Up That's there in the amazing. pack in a great authors, yeah. Do you know That's what? Fantastic. Talk about timing. It's almost the perfect storm, isn't it? Because I'm, you know, like you say, everyone has to go to the supermarkets and grocery stores now. And I think a lot of people are probably reading a lot more because they've got possibly, possibly more time on their hands at home. So what, I mean, talk about stars and universal owning and, and, and looking at how, you know, there's a lot of people that are struggling right now. Um, but let's celebrate, let's celebrate the situations where, where people are actually seeing good things happen as well from that. So that's brilliant, Lorna. Congratulations. And a success story, really, you know, we, we followed Lorna's career from, from before she was even, I think she had the, even the, the book deal. I remember her emailing us saying, I've got a book deal. Yeah. And she was super yeah. excited. And it's been amazing to follow your story, Lorna, and your continued success and continue inspiration for everyone else. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. Now, um, I've got some, before we did this episode, we asked our listeners and the BXP team to send us some questions, ask us anything. Uh, so some of these are completely ridiculous and silly, and some of these are going to spark off some of the big topics today. You know, we were talking about strategies for working from home and stuff like that. So should I just randomly pluck out a few yeah, of these as the we wheel. go, Mr. D? Absolutely. So uh, Queef uh, McDonald, our, our friend Queef, another best-selling author who's part of the BXP team, he's asked, 
all kinds of weird stuff here. Uh, list the COVIDs in order of which ones are your favourites. Can a man truly love a Black & Decker workbench and is society prepared to accept that? If you had to be in isolation with all of the James Bonds, who do you reckon would be the most annoying? Well, that's Lazenby, obviously. Uh, what's your favourite Pokemon? Uh, does anyone else smell toast? What's your favourite herbivore? Um, if, if you were a dinosaur, which one uh, would it be and how did you become extinct? Do fish smell their own farts and how many questions are too many questions? So uh, is, is there anything there you want to... Uh, uh, I, I don't smell toast. Definitely don't smell toast. It sounds to me like... Do you, do you remember those Christmas books that used to be very, very popular, you know, which kind of are the most bizarre questions? It mm. sounds like Queeve has already started plotting his own his own version of that book in time for this Christmas. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Favourite herbivore, cow. What's not to love about a cow? They're adorable and they taste lovely. And they're uh, absolutely... <laughs> they're, they're, they are the star of our novel, Back to Reality, as well, if you haven't... What is it? We, we spent all that time building these characters, right? And everyone and then just remembers moment the with cow. cow. Yeah. And, and everyone, everyone references the cow like it's like stolen the show. Yeah. What, well, was that, what was that film back in the 90s called? Was it Spies Like Us? I always remember it was, <laughs> it was this- 80s. That's the 80s. It was the 80s. That's, oh, I'm dating myself uh, now. I remember Chevy seeing that Chase, in the cinema. Yeah. Chevy Chase, that's right. And it was just some German, it was like a version of kind of Airplane, but the second No, World that's War Top Secret. That's Top Secret with the cow, the pantomime cow with the wellies. Oh, that's Val Kilmer, yes. Top Secret. A, that film is an underrated classic. <laughs> it's absolute genius, that film. A cow they in do wellies. That whole, they do that whole scene backwards with Peter Cushing. Yes. Okay, they go to a bookshop and they all talk, and they did the whole thing backwards. It's absolutely <laughs> genius. It's a brilliant film. But yes, they do sneak in to uh, uh, a German base <laughs> as a pantomime cow wearing wellies. Wellies, uh, wellies I just boots. love that film. But yeah, that's the yeah. only thing I remembered until you reminded me of all those brilliant things. That's the only thing I remembered about that movie. And it seems like we've got <laughs> yeah. the same thing. So, yeah. Um, Isolated one of the James Bonds, who do you reckon would be the most annoying? Lazenby. Lazenby. It's easily Lazenby because yeah. he's the one, he's the one who blew it. He's the one who, who should have, you know, should have taken on Connery's mantle and ran with it. But he was told by his manager that the hippie movement was going to be big, that spies were out, the whole thing was a fad and he should get out. So Lazenby told them to jog on. And where is he now? <laughs> Bless him. Um, he, it's interesting reading interviews. I'm a proper Bond nerd, so I could. I, ah. if, if if anyone from Smirsh Pod is listening, I'd love to come on. Uh, he's, he's regretted his actions since, but he was in the best film, in my opinion, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is just amazing. Diana Rigg, one of the best Bond girls ever. Um, but I do have to wonder sometimes what if Connery had done that film. He might have even got an Oscar for that. It could have been amazing. Anyway, yeah. I digress. So it's uh, a here's a question for you, Mark. Here's a question for you. Rhoda Baxter's asked, are people more creative when they're at home and bored? Or does the stress make people less creative? It's really interesting, isn't it? What we found, it, well, we, I, when all this kicked off, I just finished uh, a film script, quite intense, you know, rewriting on the film script. And I was fairly wiped out anyway. And I had pretty much nothing to write but I had a half-finished short story that I'd put away. And all this insanity just completely knocked me to one side. It's it's incredibly distracting. And um, 
it took all the wind out of my sails, you know. So I, I found it very difficult for about two weeks. Weirdly, using the, the 2020 method, writing 200 words a day got me back into the groove. Uh, you know, talk about creating a writing habit. It got me back into a writing habit. It gave me, you know, doing half hour in the morning, 200 words. I could say, all right, I've done something and now I can go and do other things. And, uh, and bit by bit, I've got back into it. But this is on my social media. There's a real split down the middle. There are people who are really going for it and they're using this time to, to write and uh, really get the word count down. But I've also got other people and a lot of them tend to be published writers, actually. They tend to be the ones who've been doing it for a lot longer. They're saying, you know what? Give yourself permission to take a break. Give yourself, don't feel pressurized to plow on in there. Find your own groove. Find your own pace. You know, don't feel, because everyone's going, oh, right. Yeah. We need to, we need to get up in the morning. And then we do, you know, they've got Joe Wicks on, on YouTube doing exercises with kids. Then we'll do this and we'll do that. And we'll do the other. This is this is not a vacation. This is going to be going on for quite some time. And you're going to find your, the strategies for coping with that are going to change and evolve over time. And that's why I think my 200 words a day thing is working out okay for me. I'm not pumping out 2,000 words a day or whatever. Off, uh, some of our 2020 challenge, they're doing four to 5,000 words a day. It's just mm. incredible. Yeah. If, if you look at the hashtag BXP2020 on Twitter, you'll, you'll see this. So find your own pace. I think there's been a big upheaval. There's been a big change. But after a few weeks, we are we do seem to be adjusting to the new normal. There'll be more things coming out of left field that might throw us. There might be, you know, there's almost certainly going to be more bad news on the news. And some of that is going to start affecting us, what well, probably is already affecting some of us directly. I, I've, I've got, you know, a good half a dozen friends who've got it, you know, and that's distracting and I'm hoping they get better and, and, you know, keeping in touch with family and friends and making sure everyone's okay. But I think it is important to write. I, I don't know if I'm any more creative, but I think that just that act of carving out a little bit of time. If you call yourself a writer, if you want to write, I think carving out that little bit of time every day does make you, and it's, for me, it's a lovely, it's become, it went from being something difficult, something uh, I was worried about. I was thinking, you know, there are bigger things in the world maybe that I should be worrying about, but actually it became my refuge. It became a place that I go. You know, when I said when I wrote The um, the End of Magic, it was my happy place. Mm. I found that again. That's, yeah. This has been my happy place. So this- I think- this is really important, Mark, because I think one of the, one of the things that we're going to be talking today is I've, I've, I've created a, a list called why is writing more important than ever before? And it's five reasons why. And it's interesting listening to you talk about that because you've kind of nailed a few of them right there. Okay. Um, okay. But, you know, I think you, but what the thing that you said just then was really important, super important, which is it's actually not about right now being able to churn out your best work. For yes. some people, it might be the absolute inspiration for them because they're they're feeling kind of you know i mean we talk about conflict being the most important thing that kind of grabs your reader well we're now living that story in the world so we're all dealing with this incredible conflict that we're trying to you know unknown story it's like we're in the middle of a what feels like a hollywood movie right now um Mm. and for that reason and for that reason alone you know if even if you're not feeling incredibly creative in fact you might be feeling very stressed and you might not be able to come up with any ideas but what you said was this idea of just writing 
because there's some when we've always talked about this when we've done our mental health uh, episodes which was huge which were hugely popular and it's a really op- good opportunity to revisit those so in a, in a few minutes we're just going to run through those five reasons and you can see which ones kind of resonate with you because i think this is a very important time to discuss how writing can help us through this mm-hmm. through this period of unsettling unknowns and futures so um so yeah really really fascinating and again i i I totally concur with you mark i've had exactly the same responses people are kind of split down the middle of the people who are like getting busy like redecorating their house because that's how they respond to something like this and there are other people that are usually super productive super go-getters who are just like sitting there going it's like all the wind's just gone out of my sails i don't know what to do and but one thing I have noticed is, and my kind of key words with all the coaching I'm doing with clients right now, my, there's two key words that keep coming up. One is adaption, because as human beings, we are incredibly adaptive. It takes us a bit of time sometimes when everything changes, but we have this nature to be able to adapt whatever our circumstance. I mean, I, I can talk from a personal experience, obviously having gone through, um, yeah. you know, with Jen, my wife getting cancer and passing away and having to adapt to that whole journey. And, but on on a very different level, there are people who, you know, live in ghettos in, you know, third world countries, they've adapted to that way of life. For some of them, this is, this is just another disease that they have to deal with on top of all the other stuff they deal with them every day. And yet we're finding it a credible shift in our lives because of the lockdown and, and, and everything's kind of felt like it's stopped, but we're all, it's still early days and we're all still going through this process of having to catch up with ourselves catch up with what's going on and then start to adapt and i have incredible faith in the human human race i have incredible faith in the human spirit that everyone will find their way some somehow and will adapt it now so whatever it's whatever's working for you right now is the right thing to do it's not what someone else is doing that works for them it's what works for you right now so super i think the thing to keep in mind is that we know this isn't going to last forever this is a temporary thing this too shall pass you know, which is a great phrase to remember. Should uh, should you be in a terrible situation, you know, you'll have good days, you'll have bad days, but they will come and go. What happens afterwards? Who knows? I think you know we're we're constantly adjusting to new normals. You know, every week. Uh, you know, wherever you are in the world, you might be in a total lockdown, and only one of you can go to the shops. Or maybe, uh, you know, you're, you're unable to visit relatives that you regularly did, but this too shall pass, you know, but there will be a new normal after this. I genuinely don't think things will be the same after this, but that is to be, I think you should take that as a great opportunity for change rather than resisting it. Cause there's not a lot you can do to resist this. You know, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> look for those opportunities for positives, for change, for the, th- the things that, so you might have discovered that you, you get to know your neighbors better through this. You know, you might get to know your community. You might do some volunteering. You might. discover something in your writing that you've never done before. You might discover you have a new hobby or talent or something that you can do that you never realized before. You might become closer to a family member, you know, look for the positives in this, try uh, and, 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 and then latch onto that and, and use that to sort of steer you out of this when we come out the other side. Um, you know, cause you're, there are articles out there. I read one today in Esquire saying nothing's going to be the same. And even then, you know, even after 18 months of this, uh, we'll still be dealing with it. So it's, it's here. It's a fact of life. Uh, and I've always found that worrying about things that you can't control is a surefire route to, uh, unhappiness. 
So think about the things you can control. Think about those opportunities that this presents you for change and positive change. And then, and then go from there. Brilliant. Let's talk about those five things, Mark, because I think it's, it's really yeah. relevant on the back of what we're talking about now. So, so this is a list of five things of why writing is more important than ever. And I've been kind of drawing these from conversations I've been having with people I coach, uh, conversations with Mark, you know, reading things that people on the BXP team have been, been writing about, and also just things that you pick up just generally um, out there. But one of the reasons why writing, so the reason number one is, is I call it write, write it out. Now, right now, there are probably two two different types of things that people are writing. There are people who want to write something which acts as their escapism from all of this. And I think that's absolutely vital and important. But there's also people that want to face this head on mm. and they want to actually write something about what's happening right now. They might want to write a novel, which is, and they may have even started a novel. I mean, this is an interesting question to ask people. Have you written a novel about a pandemic before? Had you started a novel about, about a pandemic and are you still writing about it now? Because I know that's often quite a popular thing that people have used in fiction. But whatever it is that you feel is important for you to express, whether it's something that you want to you write a comedy to have a bit of escapism and a bit of humor, or you actually want to write something, you know, that is hor horrific or scary, then either way, that's what you have to do. And we've always talked, Mark, about how I was struck by this fact that you've always said that whenever you've met and talked to someone that writes horror, they're often the most loveliest people in the world. It's because they've Happiest, got it out of their system. Well, yeah, most well-adjusted people you'll ever meet. Right, exactly. <laughs> so what could this mean for people, do you think, Mark, if they were to actually, you know, either way, hit it head on or write something which is escapism? How could that help them? process and, and and let go of some of the, the fears or stress that they have in their, their daily life right now? Well, it's it's horses for courses. Some people understandably won't want to do. I, I, funnily enough, I did uh, about 10 days ago, I put a thing up on the BXP group saying, now this is a fact of life. Will you be, and, you're, and if you're writing contemporary fiction, not just horror, contemporary fiction, will you mention coronavirus, COVID-19? And mostly people say, no, it's too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. And I think that's fair because they they want to get some perspective on this in terms of uh, you know how it affects the world. It's interesting because the year after nine eleven, every thriller referenced nine eleven. It became the new thing to hang a hook on with your your story. But of course, that was that was one pivotal event that had all kinds of consequences that went on. But whereas we're still in the middle of this, and I think people want to wait and see what happens once the dust has settled. But this is like, you know, if you're a science fiction author and aliens land on the White House lawn tomorrow, you're out of a job, you know, or no, you're not out of a job. You now have to write a very different kind of science fiction that deals with that reality. So for people who, are, who have written that kind of, uh, you know, uh, pandemic fiction which has you know been an incredibly popular subgenre uh, you've now got to this is you know the the big elephant in the room i guess you've now got to got to deal with that uh, and and include it and face it head on and yeah if you're the kind of person who loves horror who writes horror and by facing your fears you get a catharsis from that then go for it but then if you want to write escapism if you want to write the kind of thing that you know you offer your reader forget the real world come into this wonderful 
fantasy place or cozy place or romantic place. I guess you, you know, it's horses for courses. You, you deal, we all cope with these things in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so whichever way you choose to go, that's why really writing is, is a form of therapy. It's a form of release. And, and that's, that's reason number one. Reason number two, talking of relief is I think anyone that writes today is giving themselves an opportunity to avoid the news, even if it's just for 20 minutes, right? (laughs) I think that anything that we can do, (laughs) which is positive, because what I've noticed, what I've noticed in the first few weeks, it became like, you know, like people checking their 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 sales on Amazon. You're refreshing the yeah. screen every few minutes <laughs> yeah. oh, to man. see like what's the next crazy headline that we can't quite take in. And I found after doing that for several weeks that I was actually I was actually um, not well when all this broke. I had yeah. a chest infection, and it was the it was the strangest thing. I, I don't have the well, I don't think I have the virus. Not been tested, but I had um, I had it all going on, and and I thought oh. This isn't good. And then I was looking at the news and seeing this kind of story unfold. And I started feeling more ill looking at the headlines than the actual effects of the illness. I've been talking a lot about this in coaching and so we have our immune system that everyone talks about. And we think of that as, you know, that the what we, you know, how healthy we are, what we're eating and where we're exercising and it all builds our immune system. But there's also something that I call our emotional immune system. And our emotional immune system is what we digest, what we consume in terms of news and the fear that we have and the thoughts we have and the stress that we have. And that actually interacts with our physical immune system. And so one of the things I've started doing from a self-care perspective is looking at the news headlines once a day. And I typically have my one source that I feel most comfortable with. And I look at the the kind of overall headlines. I don't read specific articles anymore. I just say, okay, I'm going to check in because I think it's responsible to do that. No what's happening and know what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing, but I'm limiting it. And so one of the things that we have to start doing is filling those times when we could be going and reaching for our phone or, or turning on the, the radio or the TV or just looking at the internet and doing something else. So writing gives us that opportunity. You know, if we can really get deep into our writing, if we have the time on our hands, the more we write, the less we're going to be fearful of what's going on because we're not gorging on the bad stuff. Oh, man. I mean, you're so right. 24-hour rolling news isn't good for you at the best of times, you know, just having a – because usually there's nothing going on. It's like the the prime minister will be saying something today, and I'm going to talk to this person here and ask them what they think the prime minister is going to say. And then in 20 minutes, the prime minister is going to say, and then the prime minister has just said something. And then we're going to talk about what the prime minister said for another half hour. Ah, get on with it. When we were growing up, you know, you'd watch the news maybe at six o'clock at tea time or at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or whatever, you know, and that was it. That was it. That was it. Yeah. And I think that maybe it's just our age group. Maybe, maybe we just like regressing to that once a day, but (laughs) seriously, it's, it is all you need. It is all you need. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, um, yeah. And as I said, that's very, very wise advice. I said to many people as well, it's, it's a bit like someone once told me, if you ever want to, um, meditate you can do it at a traffic a red traffic light and i was like what he said yeah just just the red traffic light close your eyes and meditate and he said and don't worry because the person behind you will let you know when it's green and it's a, <laughs> right <laughs> and it's, explain it's a, some of the driving around here i can tell you exactly <laughs> which is a bit like it's a bit like the news like if there's anything really important that's happened that's fundamentally changed something somebody will tell you you don't have to read every single piece of news. Someone will tell you 
that this thing has now happened and we now need to be aware of it. So trust that other people will inform you. You don't have to inform yourself constantly. The, the, third, the third tip, one of the things that's happened is for most of us, habits and routines have gone out the window because th- when something like this comes along that literally is like an earthquake and it just shatters um, your, your kind of normal life, one of the hardest things that we have to do is actually rebuild our habits. Now we're creatures of habit. It's just, we can't rewire ourselves. We have to search for what is new for us. So it's an opportunity to let go of some of the bad habits that we had, but writing, the habit of writing is very, very important. And for everyone who's doing the BXP 2020 challenge, they know the importance of this. Um, If you're not doing it, now is the time to start 200 words a day, make that your daily habit because If you start to build that habit, it gives you a sense of stability in your daily life when everything else has been rocked, when when all the buildings have collapsed around you. When you start to recreate a daily habit, it starts to build stability. And that is the key towards a better, more stable um, well-being and mental health in everything. You can be stronger for everyone around you if you've got your habit. So, so look, look at writing again. It doesn't have to be your best ever stuff you've done. It's just the fact you sit down and you do it each day gives you some focus and gives you that routine. And it's so important. Mm. We've had a couple of people ask about working from home. Uh, do you want to talk about the now or talk about it in more detail a bit later? Because, I think we'll talk uh, about it afterwards, actually, because it's yeah. relevant. Yeah, because we yeah. both work from home now, so we've got we've got a different perspective on it as well. But yeah, we're, we're going to cover that off because this is something that's been enforced on most people right now. The, now, this is an interesting one. Point four as to why writing is the most more important than ever is about about writing first thing if you can. Now, again, we've had this discussion with a lot of people about. Oh, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a night owl. I write at night. Now you can still write at night, but if you can start to, if you can start your day by writing, even if it's only for the, for the 15 minutes to get you 200 words, what you're doing is you're starting your day with a win. And there's a really cool a book that's been very popular recently in the whole personal development circles called Mike, make your bed, make your bed. And it's actually by a, a chap in the U S army, I think. And he talks about the simple act of making your bed is a, is a brilliant way of starting your day and getting a very easy win. You've accomplished something. And it's great when you go back to your room at night and you see that nicely made bed, you're like, yeah, I did that. So starting your day by writing is starting your day with a win. Um, it sets you off on a good, you know, it's like gets you out of the right side of bed, so to speak. So think about the importance of that. Even if that's not something you've done before, try it, see if it helps. Um, if it also, as Mark, as you said earlier, Mark, you know, that writing in the morning, you've banked it, yes. you've done it. It's a huge feeling to say, if the rest of the world goes to pot today, if the rest of my day just goes AWOL, at least I've written my 200 words. It's something I can be proud of that I've banked and I can no one can ever take away from me. Yeah, no, totally agree with that. It's um, It's the only way I can do it now. Uh, interestingly, Claire does the same. She's still working because she's a gardener. She goes to people's houses, uh, is completely secluded in their garden, never sees anyone, then comes home again. She loves it. So she's still, uh, and so she'll be gardening, thinking about her story, and she'll come back and she'll write again. So she, she usually has two hits, but it's so important that she gets that first bit out of the way in the morning. Then she said it to me today, you know, as long as I get my 200 done, I'm fine. Yeah, she's, she's it really into it. It's really something positive in people's lives to hang on to. And and that brings us to the fifth point, which is 
writing right now is something positive that you can affect. And as Mark said earlier, I mean, you, again, you nailed it perfectly. You said, you know, there's so much that we can't affect. And we, we know every one of us would love to find the cure for this. Every one of us would love to be out volunteering if it were possible. And some people can't and helping people in some way. And sometimes we feel very helpless and hopeless when we're stuck at home and we can't contribute towards that. But what you can contribute are the things you can affect in your life. And writing is one of them. That's a decision you can, you can make every single day that I'm going to write some words today. And again, nobody else can, can take that away from you. So the more of those things you manage to do in your life, and again, writing being the kind of avatar in some way for this, the, the, the trigger point for many other parts of your life, if you can prove to yourself that you can own the positive effects of sitting down and writing every day, it will start to seep into the rest of your day, into your life with other things that you can start to own. And it will shift things um, from a mental perspective that you think, you know, there's lots of things I can still do here, which are proactive. I don't have to feel hopeless. I don't have to feel isolated and helpless. I'm creating something for the future. And, and that is really where the human spirit comes in. And I think, you know, for anyone who's, who's lost a hope, one, if, if one of those things gives you a different perspective on things, then we'll be very happy chappies here on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's a question of agency, isn't it? It's just having something that you can, you can put out there one way or another. Um, so yeah, that the act of writing just does a few hundred words. That's it. That's that's you put putting something good into the world, something positive into the world. So that's great. Top tips, Mr. D. Like Thank that you very much. much. We'll stick that very, up on Facebook much. as a little kind of thing that you can share with your friends, your writing friends, and um, pass it around to inspire them. But on that note, Mark, you also mentioned about working from home. And this is kind of interesting for you, isn't it? Because you are now year and a quarter into mm. working from home. How have you found the transition? Because- would you say that things were set up and you you didn't really feel a major shift? And are you glad that you made that decision now? I mean, tell us a bit about how that looks. Oh, oh man. So happy. So happy. Um, I think the difference is I knew it was coming and I knew it was coming for some time. So I could plan ahead and think about what Not the I virus, right? The, uh, <laughs> no, no. The, the, my, my, my life changed was leaving an office job and working from home. I knew that was coming. So I was able to think for a long time about, okay, right, uh, we need to get up at six, take my son to his bus stop for school. Then as soon as I get back from that, I can start writing. And then by about 9.30, I can take a break. I can do some housework, think about other things. So I was, you know, I was thinking about a new routine and um, by and large stuck to it. And it was really productive. It enabled me to launch the end of magic properly, enabled me to write uh at least what, two screenplays and finish two books, you know, within the space of a year uh, to a degree that, you know, they're, they're now going, well, the screenplay's been optioned and the books watch this space. So it's turned out to be really, really productive. Now, the thing that's happened with COVID is uh, that's all because my son, his schooling has stopped. He's not getting to do his A-levels now. Uh, my daughter's lost a job. You know, so suddenly there's a house full of people. 
and people are leaving and moving around at different times. So, you know, you just have to adjust to the new normal. We've had a couple of questions like uh, Hayley Coulter says, top, any top tips for writing from home when you have more time in your hands? What's your routine like? A.S. Blake says, do you think this lockdown gives people a better idea of what it's like to be a full-time author? If you still have a day job to do, what, if you write full-time doing admin, like ads and stuff like that. So again, you know, is this what's waiting for all of us as full-time indie authors? And I don't think it is because everyone in the house has had their routine thrown out of whack as well. You know, they're all, they can all be a bit fearful, a bit confused a bit. Whereas everyone in my last year, everyone's had their own routine and we've been in a little groove and we've all known what to do and when we're doing it. So I'm picking you up then I'm dropping you off there. I need this time to do this and blah, 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 blah. You know, so um, now everything's thrown up in the air. So people are finding new routines, but they're also coping with worried family members, perhaps poorly family members. So I think it's actually, you know, this is more difficult what we're going through now than, than you know, the working from home adjustment. There's all sorts of other things to consider. But that said, you know, if you can find a new routine, it's I, we're lucky here in that I've got an office and I can shut the door. Not everyone has no, that. And if you're right. in a house with three kids who, who need homeschooling, you know, if you, you might be on your own, you might have elderly relatives living with you, you know, you might have to care for people. That's going to be hard. Shutting that door to say, I'm writing my novel is, is very difficult. But as we've said before, it is important to try and make that time for yourself, but it's, it's finding a balance. So, but shutting the door is important. And whether that's an actual physical door or just saying to someone, I'm going to sit in the corner with some headphones on. Please don't disturb me. And when, when I was at Orion, I used to put a post-it note in my headphones saying, I'm writing, do not disturb. <laughs> yeah. And I'd see people at the corner of my eye walk up to my desk with an Amazon query and they'd read it and then turn around and go away. Mm. So people, will, they might think you're bonkers, but they will get the gist of it eventually. So that idea that Stephen King talks about it on in his book on writing, closing the door, allowing yourself that mental headspace to just concentrate on your writing. And, you know, if you're doing 2020, then it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, that's all it takes. Give yourself that time, treat yourself to that time. It's actually really important to to find that space because I know a lot of people won't have a dedicated office or, or even a room that they can close a door in. But even we talk about corners of rooms, like f- actually find the place which becomes your writing space. And I think it's really important as, a, as parents and I've got, you know, I've, I've, my kids are a bit, one of my children's younger, younger than yours, Mark, but you know, I've got an 11 year old in the house and it's, it's about also actually being honest with them and saying, you know, daddy needs, time to to rest or daddy needs time to to think or write and explain to them that this is very much about that whole analogy we talk about where you you know in the, in the airplane safety check where they say put your own oxygen mask on first so yes. that you can then look after those around you and i've really gone back to that over the last couple of weeks about self-care I've taken time off to get better from what i've been dealing with in terms of my coughs and chest and stuff but and i've done that because i know that if i'm not fully fit and healthy i can't look after anyone so yes it's really important to be to 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 try if it's possible i know there's some people caring for elderly parents 24 7 i mean i can't even imagine you know these people that are dealing with that right now i know somebody who was who's basically had full-time carers come into the house but they can no longer come into the house yeah 
And yeah. now they're looking after their parents 24-7 with dementia. And it's just like, I cannot imagine some of the challenges that even people listening to this right now, if that's if that's one of, if you're one of those people that's having to deal with something, I, I feel for you mm. and you are an inspiration. And I think that, you know, you're the unsung heroes of what's happening here along with all the people on the front line. Um, but even in your situation, I, I actually was stopped by somebody that I bumped into, hadn't seen for a few years in Costco the other day. And she said to me, Mark, I've been doing the BXP 2020 challenge. And I said, have you? I said, that's brilliant. She goes, it's been a lifesaver. And she mm. said, you know why? Because I'm looking after my two elderly parents with Alzheimer's. But even doing that 24-7, I've still managed to carve out those 20, 30 minutes a day for myself. Yeah. And she said, "Those that half an hour has been a lifesaver for me, especially now. And it was so incredible to hear that. So remember that you have to look after yourself and don't feel bad and guilty about letting, you know, if it means the kids have to, you know, play on the computer or watch TV as the babysitter, it's okay right now because you need to look after yourself. And if writing is the thing that gives you that respite or relief, then use it and, and give it, like Mark says, put your headphones on, even if you're not listening to any music, show people that you are busy doing that and then not to interrupt you until, you know, you've come out of that place where you work. If, if you're looking for something to be the electronic babysitter for 20 minutes or so, the new series of Shaun the Sheep, Tales from Mossy Bottom, uh, is on Netflix now, and oh. I highly recommend it. It is absolute. <laughs> they got all the old series, but they got the new one on there as well. Just hilarious. Absolutely I, hilarious. On that note, I saw the Farmageddon movie. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that oh, yet. Oh, it's absolutely yeah, it brilliant. I, I love Shaun the Sheep. Of course, we had Huck saw, Huckabee I, and, and, and the writers of Shaun the Sheep on our show going back now. What Did I tell you, I got something. the tour. I got the, the tour of Ardman a few years no. ago, Ardman Animation Studios. Oh, wow. Was that before it burned down? No, no, was no. That that the, hasn't burned down. Hasn't burned what was down. the place? They, they lost a load of stuff. That must have been in Bristol. There was a big fire and they lost a load of sets and maybe it was a storage unit. Oh, my oh, yeah. It was an awful no. story when I read it. It made my heart heart melt. But this was um, Peter Lord came to see Robot Overlords and he really liked it. He said, "Oh, you must come down." And uh, you know, when you if you meet people on holiday, say, "Oh, you must come over," and it never happens. Well, yeah. we definitely wanted it to happen. So it's me, John, and Paddy, our visual effects guy, and we we were given the tour of Ardman. Oh, wow! And it's it's just a, they had props everywhere. Uh, yeah. It was the best day ever. Better than oh, Disney, actually. I can I say it. <laughs> That's fantastic. What a brilliant insight. That's great stuff. So if if you are working from home and this is your first time as well, go easy on yourself because they do say it can take a while to get into a routine and habit, especially if you've been used to being out all day. Um, somebody once quoted to me two years it can take if you've suddenly started working from home to really find your way. Now that might be a bit depressing for some people to hear right now, but I've been working from home for 20 years. And I must say the biggest thing, I know this sounds crazy, but the biggest and most important thing you can do, and I, I'm, I'm getting the kids to do this as well, when they get up and when I get up, get dressed. Yes. Don't stay in your pajamas. No, Don't stay ever. in your dressing gown. Get dressed because you have. I pretended like I was actually going to work and I would always make a point of being in the office or being at my desk at nine o'clock every morning as if there was a boss who was going to fire me if, if I didn't show up. And you know what? 20 years on, I'm still doing it. And I think it's that work ethic that has made all the difference. So that would be my biggest tip is if, if you are, it's too easy right now just to kind of like, you know, stay in bed or 
yeah. stay in your jammies all day. And I think that's fine. There's definitely definitely things to be said for having a, a pajama day every now and again. But generally, if you want to try and um, create this routine that we talked about, then getting dressed is really important. Yeah, then- we're getting up. We used to get up at six, and then we decided, oh, let's just get up at seven. But yeah. the morning was gone. Right. Before we knew it, and so we've we've started getting up at half six. It's still oh, okay. dark. Good compromise. There you go. So we're getting up at half six. But yeah, first thing I do, do a little bit of exercise, and then get uh, you know shower, shave, dressed, and you know I tuck everything in. You know I brush my hair. It's, yeah. Uh, I try to look smart for the day because um, yeah, the 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 temptation just to lose yourself in a nice cozy dressing gown is uh is too too close to home and uh you know we've all got lots of chores here we all chip in we all work together but yeah it's um it's that's very very important yeah very and routine important. routine will happen whether you choose it or you let it choose you and if you let it go on too long then the routine will become that you're not really getting up in the mornings and therefore yeah. you don't really think, right, what am I going to do today? And if you have too many of those days, then lots of really difficult things can to, can start off. Depression being one of them. I've seen yeah, that yeah, happen yeah. many yeah. times with people. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really important, but we'll probably end up doing, I think we might have to do a, a deep dive, Mark, maybe on working from home as a writer, because I think there's yeah. a lot of people who are, you know, we've done it. And we can give we can give some more tips around that. So if you're interested in that, let us know if that'd be something you'd like us to do, and we could look into doing that for you. Right? Do you want some more of the silly listener questions? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. So uh, Darius Matthew, how many rolls of toilet paper do you each have stored at home? Uh, we, we've we've got. This is going to make me sound so poncy. We have four toilets in this house. Right, which is yeah. one of the reasons we 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 wanted this place because we all like our own little private space. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got quite a bit of toilet paper. We we we've always had a good stack of toilet paper. But Darius says, "Do you have backup, e.g., unloved books?" <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know what they're doing in Australia, Mark? You heard about this? No, go on. They are printing the back two pages of the newspaper blank. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> genius, genius. Brilliant. Uh, Jan Carr says, have you got any eggs? Well, we've both got chickens, so we're all right for eggs. Thanks to, for the offer, Jan. Yeah, except <laughs> ours have all stopped laying. We used to have 20 and we had so many eggs and now they've all just stopped laying. Like they're all old, too old. Ours have started again. Now the sun has come out. Now spring yeah. is here. We're starting. Our ones they, are just too old. Over winter. Do you know what yeah. I have done though, which I think is a bit of a, a, bit of a, a crafty move, is I've, I did get two baby chicks for my kids to look after. Lovely. It was a little home project. What a, what a great way of homeschooling. Just get them to look after a little little animal. Very, very sweet. So yeah. Wonderful stuff. Excellent right. stuff. So guys, we would like to thank you for coming along on this journey with us. We hope you feel more inspired about the state of affairs right now. We're going to be documenting this, Mark, on the podcast. This is going to be a very interesting point in history to be doing this as writers and storytellers it's going to be fascinating so please please do spread the word about the podcast if you do like this podcast um tell your friends about it stick it on your facebook page uh, tell everyone on instagram because there are so many people that want to write or are writers that you don't you're not aware of in your in your friend group let them know about the podcast give them a little bit of hopeful uh motivation and inspiration in their day and if you have been inspired and you are able to and I would say that very, very seriously, if you're able to support the show right now, please do pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support, and we'll let you in on all the goodies. 
Lovely stuff. And send your friends uh, to us on Facebook with Best Seller Experiment. Twitter and Instagram is at Best Seller XP. And that's the same place to go. If you've got any questions, comments, uh, thoughts about this episode, if it's helped you, let us know. And also a uh, big thank you to our editors, Dave and JD, who've been amazing getting this out there as well. Thanks, guys. Hang in there. And don't forget to send us your public declarations for your goals coming up this year. More important, more more so than ever now. And uh, we'd also like just to say, if you haven't read our book yet, Back to Reality, pop along to Amazon. The audio book is available as well as the paperback. And we'll be talking more about an audio blog tour that we've been doing in the next yeah. show. So if you want to learn a bit more about that, we're going to tell you what happened on our audio blog tour. So brilliant, Mark. Best of wishes to all of your family. Stay well, stay healthy, yes, look yeah. after yourself and I look forward to catching up with you very, very soon. Thank you so much for everyone listening in and we will see you very soon. It's a goodbye from Mark 1. A goodbye from Mark 2. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.